Hello, this is Catherine at I Know I Need to Stop Talking. Hello, my lovelies, how are you all in these bonkers, strange and crazy times? I hope everybody's holding up okay with whatever the latest government rules are this week, which is stay in, but also don't go out unless you have to go out and don't ever go out unless you really need to go out and need to go whilst following your instincts to Barnard Castle or whatever the, whatever the hell the latest catchy slogan is this week. Strange, strange and crazy times. We are all good here. It has been mad as pretty much every, every week in, in my life seems to be these days. Those of you who are over on Facebook will have seen me celebrating today. Yay that my first book, Absolutely Smashing It, reached the incredible heights of over 400 reviews, an average of five star reviews. And yes, I am disproportionately excited about that. It is lovely to have the opportunity to write a book. It is beyond lovely to write a book that people actually feed back and say that they've genuinely enjoyed reading. So thank you as always so, so much to all of you for, for all of the support that, that you've given me with my writing. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Of course, living with children, one never has time to celebrate or extol in one's virtues for too long before being, being brought back down to earth. My question this afternoon, my, my delightful progeny asked me was, you know you have wrinkles. Do you also have anal wrinkles, mum? Yes, yes, that that here, that would be me truly, truly living, living the dream, living the dream. When I imagine the glamorous life of, of an author, I'm sure this is exactly what I hoped and dreamed it might be. So for this week's podcast, topic of the week, I thought we'd cover childbirth because nothing says relaxing listening material than the, the hell which is childbirth. I've written various blog posts on the topic of childbirth over the years. It's something that that vaguely fascinates me in the the sheer, sheer fucked upness of what an utterly flawed process it really is. But before I launch into into my views on on childbirth, and to be fair, this could probably become a movie-length podcast if I'm not careful, I should say at this point that if you are of a nervous disposition, please step away now. If you believe that the right thing to do is to tell all women that that childbirth is a beautiful and natural process and one where people only just need to breathe through the pain and everything will be absolutely fine and believe that anybody suggesting anything otherwise is a terrible, terrible person, please step away now. And if you're due to give birth any time in the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to say that maybe you just want to consider carefully if this is absolutely the listening material that you want to that you want to listen to right now. So I'm going to give a couple of moments for for anybody falling into those categories to to walk away quietly now, turn off this podcast and, and we'll never speak, we'll never speak of childbirth again. Good. Everybody gone who's, who needed to? Lovely, marvellous, excellent. I mean childbirth, it's just very, very fucking flawed. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the world's greatest physicist, but there's some basic mathematics going on there, which just in terms of size of objects and size of space for object to pass through, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't doesn't really work, does it? And, and I went into the, the planning process for, for childbirth, which I suppose probably starts when you get pregnant, because certainly based on my experiences, I think prior to getting pregnant, I just kind of convinced myself in my head that it would be like a movie and I would be pregnant and beautiful and glowing. And there's probably another podcast on pregnancy at, at some point to, to show just how much the movies lie when it comes to what, what pregnancy is actually like. And then I just wake up one morning and the little baby would be magically out of my stomach and into my arms and birds would sing and and beautiful music would swell in the background and everything would be wonderful and and perfect and marvellous and and my my vulva would be be intact. 
and that is not my experience of childbirth at all. But I did at least go into, into sort of the planning process for childbirth knowing that I did not know very much about the process. Now, I am a straight A student, so one thing you can, you can say about me, if I don't know my topic, I will study. And I went into that, that process when I first found out that I was pregnant of, of studying for, for, for childbirth. I think other mothers kind of turned up at their, that other mothers to be turned up at their, their first antenatal appointments and probably had with them maybe, maybe a list of questions, maybe their partner, maybe, you know, sort of hopes, hopes and dreams for the birth and, and what might happen. I rocked up with a pile of textbooks, which I kid you not, looked like I was studying for my PhD in childbirth. I mean, if there was a book on childbirth that had been written, I can assure you, I bought it. I went to clear out my selection of childbirth books from the loft the other day. I literally looked like I was stocking my, my own childbirth section of a library up there. It was, it was quite intense. So you name it. If there was a childbirth related book out there, I had it because naively, I thought that childbirth would be a bit like my GCSEs. And I did really well in my GCSEs because I really studied and worked my ass off. And, and, and that, to me, that to me seems fair, right? If you work really hard and you study and you know your topic, then it stands to reason that you should should end up with a with a good outcome and a good result. No, no, no. That That is not how childbirth, childbirth works. There, there are special rules of childbirth, which I can assure you, childbirth is as far removed from the process of studying for your GCSEs as it is possible to be. But anyway, I, I bought my, my childbirth related books and, you know, they're all very, very nice and clinical and, and lots of nice diagrams and pictures of, of women who, who, while clearly I could see that this was going to be a, a fairly full on process, they, they, they looked like they were, you know, not, not, not kind of screaming or, or shouting or grunting. They, they were sat gracefully in, in lotus positions with not so much sweating as a, as a tiny sheen of perspiration on their brow with their, their lip gloss perfectly, perfectly applied as, as they sat there and gently oh breathed out through 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 pursed lips and I thought this would be fine it's easy it's a breeze yeah yeah uh we'll come back to to why why neither of my childbirth experiences were in any way a breeze whatsoever so I had I had bought my 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 library's worth of childbirth books I also enrolled myself and my husband in for NCT classes and I think I convinced myself that somehow by enrolling myself into NCT classes my womb would realise, therefore, that what I wanted was a nice middle-class birth. So no, no shouting, no screaming, no, no leaping around. It would all be terribly, terribly nicely done, and there would be soothing whale noises playing in the background. I don't, I don't know why whale noises are supposed to be relaxing. This is off-topic, but I often hear of people like wanting whale music in the background. I've heard whales a few times. They don't sound very relaxed to me. They sound more like somebody with a with a terrible bout of constipation. But maybe, maybe I've just heard the. <laughs> I just heard the wrong kind of whales. Maybe you need to hear the right kind of whales. So yeah, so I think I convinced myself that I, I had had my childbirth books. I'd done, I'd booked into NCT classes. And then I, I went a step further and I heard somebody talk about hypnobirthing, which is kind of hypnotherapy for giving birth. And they described hypnobirthing and the experience that they'd been through. They were so relaxed when they gave birth, they almost didn't realise the baby was there at all. And I thought, yes. Yes, yes, that is that is the birth that I want. So I dutifully signed up for hypnobirthing classes and I bought the CD and I listened to the music and I did my NCT classes and I read my books from cover to cover. I studied more for this great event than I'd ever studied for any exam in my life. And then I realised they were all lying to me. They'd all lied. 
Those women in those childbirth books, you don't look like that when you're giving when you're giving birth. Those women look like they're on a spa break, and I can tell you now there was nothing about either of my experiences of childbirth which was anything like a spa break whatsoever. And and I came out of both 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 of the births of, of my children, obviously being feeling incredibly lucky and grateful and thankful to have healthy babies, but also feeling like the fuckers lied to me. They did not tell me the truth. They did not tell me how bad it was going to be. And maybe it was a good thing because possibly the human race would would come to an end if if we were really honest about what childbirth can be like. And I will caveat with, you know, the experiences that I'm going to share are, of course, my personal experiences. Clearly, it's different for every woman. Yada, 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 yada. But I'm saying now that the vast, vast majority of women I have ever met in my entire life give a story very similar to this one. We can't all be wrong. And it's, 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 you know, there are so many and varied ways that people, people like to embroider the truth around childbirth. And like I say, I had studied for this. And the first thing that I think completely caught me by surprise was the length of the bloody process. So people talked about childbirth, particularly for first babies, could be a long process. I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's read up a bit, find out how long we're talking. And all the books said that, you know, commonly for a for a first-time mother, child, childbirth could be a few hours, possibly into double figures hours, might even be 24 hours, a day and a night. So that's what I'd gone into the childbirth process having prepped myself for. Okay, this is going to hurt, you know, the books weren't didn't quite go so far as to suggest it wasn't going to hurt. So okay, this is going to hurt, but it's a day and a night. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Well, try doing childbirth for a week. A week. A week of childbirth. And the most galling thing, and anybody who's had long labours will know this, is when you are in labour for for the best part of a week, which I think with Jamie, I probably went into labour. It must have been on like the Monday Monday night, I think, and he was born on the Saturday lunchtime. That's pretty darn near a week. The most galling thing is that the first few hours, maybe days, if you're like me, yeah, they don't even class that as labour. They're like, oh, you're just in pre-labour. That's just your body warming up for the main event. My body is warming up for the main event. Jesus Christ, what is this main event going to be? It's like, I, you know, the Red Room of Pain has nothing, nothing on childbirth. And... All the, I would say at this point, all the midwives, all the medical staff I met were amazing and, and just so, so lovely. I know that's not everybody's experience, but every single, every single me- member of medical staff I met throughout either of my children's birth were absolutely amazing. You do such an incredible job. You really do. But the advice that, that I was given, sort of, you know, going into hospital and being told to go home again, was go and try and keep yourself busy. I mean, I would like to see the recommended activities for keeping busy when you haven't slept in four days and you feel like your midriff has been repeatedly run over by a tank because that is roughly the sensation of any given contraction. And these fuckers just keep coming. They do not give up. They do They do not let up anytime soon. So I, I dutifully went home having been told to and been told that this, this wasn't even labour proper, which is always very motivating to hear when you feel like you're dying. And I went back home and, and thought, okay, well, I'm going to keep myself busy. What should I do? But it was okay because I did have an activity to, to keep myself busy because one thing all the books had really emphasised was alongside writing a birth plan, which I now know is probably the greatest work of fiction I will ever write. Alongside writing that that totally fucking pointless birth plan, you should also have a hospital bag. And frankly, I could have written a dissertation on what should be in your hospital bag. 
I packed, and, and I am embarrassed to admit this, but I, I will tell the truth as I always do. I packed so much for for giving birth to, to Jamie, to my first baby, that when I went into hospital, when I was finally admitted into hospital, they had to get one trolley to put me on, and they had to get a whole other separate trolley to put all of the luggage that I brought in with me. That's a terrible, terrible confession, isn't it? But that is the truth. I had spent weeks packing that hospital bag, do you know how much of that, that hospital bag I, I actually used in the process of giving birth to, to, to my child? I'm gonna, I'm gonna round up, I'm gonna estimate up, I'm gonna say I probably used approximately 0.12% of everything that was in that hospital bag. Because let's be honest now, when there's a head trying to come out of your foof, you give no fucks whatsoever whether you are wearing the glamorous, stylish and oh so preserving of your modesty birthing outfit that you have spent weeks agonising over. Honey, you're going to give no fucks. You will be there naked as the day you were born in front of, it could be anybody. I could have had a an audience of thousands turn up, march into the building. And I'd have been like, yep, crack on, crack on, sell tickets. Anybody, anybody else, anybody else want to come in and, and see the naked lady with a head coming out of her front bottom? What a show, what a show. So yeah, if, if you're yet to have a baby, downsize on the hospital bag is is my my advice. But I think that there's there's probably, I'm sure there's a psychological piece behind packing that hospital bag is a way of us all trying to keep some kind of sense of scant control on a situation that we have no fucking control over whatsoever. And part of the part of the hospital bag contents, as I've already alluded to, is 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 all about picking out the, the perfect outfit for, for birth. And if you're like me, you know, I, I like my clothes, I, I like my makeup, both times, this is a good story, both times going into hospital to have my children I went in with a full face of makeup and four inch heels because I'm five foot one and three quarters and height matters apparently even in labor I told you I was sleep deprived it was not my not my smartest hour although the midwives were very very impressed but frankly it doesn't matter how much how much time you spend you spend planning those perfect birthing outfits at the point of giving birth your your modesty literally flees out of the birthing room window pursued by a bear as I say, you could have brought in a full-on marching band, the, the children's chorus from the local choir. You could have had all the local football teams rock up in there. I'd be like, yep, yep, crack on. Anybody? Any, any more? Any more? You, you are very unlikely to give two hoots whatsoever who is in there as you're going into the oh-so-glamorous glamorous process of, of birthing a baby. You will not care one iota if your fleecy slippers match the, the trim on your, on your nightshirt that you brought, brought for the occasion. But what I found interesting is, is that although that although your, your modesty flees out of the window, as I say, pursued by a bear, certainly for me, that, that real sense of, of British politeness prevailed. And one of my favourite memories is, and I think it must have been when I, when I was having Beth, which, you know, her, her birth was marginally shorter than Jamie's. Try only five days instead of a week. Yeah, second baby's quicker. Don't you believe it? And Beth's birth, again, lovely, lovely midwives. And they, I think they had a bit of a concern. They wanted someone coming in and check. And I was quite out of it. We'll come on to the drugs. We'll come on to the drug situation in a moment. And I was quite out of it. And a, a new midwife was brought into the room. And there's protocol, I believe, that you should introduce yourself by name, which is very nice. So I roused myself from my drug-induced stupor to, to also introduce myself to, to the midwife in question. And then she, without so you know so much as by your leave, basically rammed her fist so far up my vagina, it felt rather as though she was searching for my lungs. 
Obviously, in any normal set of circumstances, I would have clamped my legs together, screamed my head off and probably punched her, but childbirth does weird things to you. So instead, I smiled very politely at her and we had a conversation about the weather, which I think is possibly the most British moment I've ever had ever, being fisted by a lady I've never met before, while chatting about the fact that we really hoped that the promised rain didn't come the next day because we hoped to be able to hang out our washing. That is peak, peak British politeness right there. I said I'd come on to the drugs and to be fair, you know, there's not an expectation that you go through childbirth completely painkiller free. There, there are various drugs that they offer to you from the ubiquitous gas and air right up to the, the hardcore, the hardcore bitch, which is the, the epidural. God, I love an epidural because it's the only fucking thing that actually works. Gas and air is some kind of distraction because you haven't been allowed to have a drink for the last nine months so you're vaguely distracted by the fact you feel very briefly pissed and if you're me you can no longer feel your own face which is quite a, a novel experience they did both times i was in hospital they did give me diamorphine diamorphine is, is is lovely i believe it's quite close to heroin it's a good job that i have never and will never take illegal drugs because i can i can you know i can see the high it was it was a lovely experience it does cause you to hallucinate which is a little bit inconvenient and God knows why I remember with Jamie, I, I hadn't slept by that point for probably four days and four nights. So it's safe to say I wasn't at my best. And poor Mr. I know I need to stop talking, who'd been sent home for a bit and then came back in because I thought that finally my front bottom was getting its shit together and I might actually have this baby sometime before the next millennium. Poor Mr. I know I need to stop talking, rocked up back at the hospital and obviously was concerned as to his, his labouring wife and how are things going. And I think probably came over to me and said, how are you? How is everything? All I could tell him was Carol Vorderman, lovely Carol Vorderman with her lovely consonants and her lovely vowels. And wasn't she just so lovely and genuine? I've never seen him look so scared in, in, all, in all my life. But yeah, all, all I could think of was, was the lovely Carol with her lovely consonants and her lovely vowels. God, yeah, yeah, diamorphine. That was that was a brief, brief moment of joy um, in the midst of the fucking nightmare, which is which is childbirth. There are alternatives to the drugs. There is, of course, you know, my, this hypnobirthing, my, my hypnobirthing techniques. Did I use them? Did they work? Did they fuck? Hypnobirthing did precisely fuck all. Um, it was about as, as effective for soothing the pain I felt in my labour as I think if you had an amputated leg, soothing it with a with a spray of Savlon and a dinosaur plaster would be. Uh, it's safe to say that, yeah, hypnobirthing and I did not, did not get on. I did also, because like I say, I'd studied, I had every fucking pain relief option I was genned up on that up to the eyeballs and I knew exactly exactly what was available to me so I'd also bought myself a, a TENS machine a TENS machine for the uninitiated is is like a little battery operated machine and you stick it onto your back with the sticky pads and effectively what it does is it electrocutes you which just shows the extent that childbirth addles your brain because there is no part of me prior to getting pregnant that would have gone I know what constitutes a fun day out I'm going to simultaneously electrocute myself while attempting to pass an object the size of a badger from my vagina. But there we go. There we go. It's good to have new experiences, so they say. One of the main things that people always want to know about childbirth is, will I poo myself during childbirth? So I'm telling you now, you will poo yourself during childbirth. And the, the midwives, again, are incredibly professional about this. I think if you're having a water birth, I didn't have a water birth with either of mine, but I think if you have a water birth, it's rather 
less easy to avoid the fact that um, the labouring mother has shat herself because typically the shit pops up in the water and has to be hooked out with a with a little object rather like a household sieve, which if that doesn't put you off straining your pasta, nothing will do. I did not have that pleasure. I gave birth on dry land and the midwives are incredibly professional. So as and when you do shit yourselves, and you will, they won't tell you that you have shit yourself. They, they whip it away as though nothing has ever happened, but they know. They know that you know that they know. And it's a bit like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in the labour room stays in the labour room. But you will shit yourself. And to be honest, you won't give a flying fuck because at that point, as I say, a marching band could have wandered through and you'd be like, crack on, lads, crack on. And then you, you finally all these contractions get their shit together and, and you know the pain the pain reaches reaches new levels and I can pretty much guarantee that even if it's never a song that you've never sung before in your life, you will find yourself singing to yourself Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. And anybody who's given birth will know exactly what I mean by that. And I just think, and I even remember thinking this when I was having probably both children. We have a lot of orifices to choose from, and I remain unconvinced that the front bottom is the best one to choose for these purposes. I mean, before I before I did this podcast, I went and just had a little quick look in the mirror, fully clothed. That sounded much weirder than I intended it to sound. I had a quick look in the mirror at my face, just so we're really clear. And I opened my mouth as wide as I could open my mouth. My mouth is really big, really large. I reckon if you gave me a choice, I would stand a damn better sight chance of getting a baby's head out of my mouth rather than out of my vagina. I'm just, I'm just saying that. I, I think it's a design flaw. So you have to then do this horrendous thing of pushing, which I can only describe as feeling, as I say, like you're trying to pass some kind of badger toaster shaped object wrapped in electrified barbed wire and that would probably be understating the the pain you feel when when something that size comes tries to come out out of down there but eventually it happens and and it, and it comes out and the pain stops it's quite magical that the pain magically stops and and you, you feel like you've never felt better in, in your life and and then they hand you the baby now i will reiterate at this point i am so grateful to have had my children happy and healthy and born well and, and been okay and all of us made it through and survived because god knows it wasn't that that long ago in history that that you know loads of women died in childbirth and we're very lucky in our developed world that that isn't often the case right now but they give you the baby and it's you know much wanted baby and you've been through this process and you've been through this nine month process but i'm gonna be completely honest they handed me the baby both times they said oh look it's a baby and i thought is that it is that fucking it? I've been in labour for the best part of a fucking week. If you run a marathon, you at least get a medal. And I've done the equivalent of 48 marathons in a row while naked and shitting myself. And all you've given me is a baby. Now, obviously, that feeling doesn't last for long, but there was definitely part of me both times that thought, just feel like there should be a bit more. There's like, I don't know, flowers, ribbons, balloons, people clapping. No, you get a baby. And obviously it's amazing. And it's amazing and it's wonderful. And then people say to you, of course, after the birth, you forget all that pain. No, 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 no. I can say hand on heart that I will never forget the pain of attempting to pass a toaster-sized object through my vagina. And if you have managed to successfully forget that level of pain, then all I can say is I would truly love to know your secrets. But of course we get on and we and we do it again, don't we? And we crack on because us women are 
bloody awesome. And while I've talked about natural childbirth today, I would also say, having known a number of people who've been through caesareans, I, I, I think each of those experiences are equally, equally tough. The experience of what I understand feels like somebody washing up in your abdomen, which is the the experience of having a C-section, sounds pretty fucking tough as well. So this is definitely not a one type of birth is better than the other. I can only speak from my own experiences. And you get some people, of course, who are unlucky enough to go through the hell of hell of labour and contractions and then have to have a C-section as well. The worst of all worlds. So yeah, I think however your baby gets out, you are a fucking hero and a fucking legend. And yay, well done you. Like I say, we need medals. I feel there should be medals. Maybe I will campaign for medals. And then you have your baby. And I think how people feel after childbirth varies. I know lots of people said they felt on top of the top of the world, absolutely on top of the world. I just felt fucking knackered. I have never felt so tired in my life. Yeah, I've, I've known people who said, oh, I had a baby and I felt like I could, I could walk up Everest after I'd had my baby. I felt like, to be honest, if you asked me to sit up on the hospital bed I was on, it was going to be a bit fucking much. So I think, yeah, everybody's everybody's experience is, is, is different. It is, of course, all more than worth it, but fucking hell, there has got to be a better way. It is a fairly significant design flaw in the human body, I reckon. And of course, then once you've, once you've had your first baby, what happens is, is you breathe this huge sigh of relief because... NCT classes, the childbirth books, they're all building up to the big moment, aren't they? It's the big torch song, it's the big moment, it's the moment the baby comes out and your baby is here and you think, yes, I've done it! And it's only with the benefit of hindsight that you can sit there now and realise that actually, of course, when you look back, childbirth, when it comes to parenting, that was the easy bit. That was the easy bit. So yeah, childbirth smarts of it. That is my musings on childbirth for this week. As always, it's so lovely to have you all here. I'm so grateful for the support you've given me for this new mad little venture of mine, chatting into into my microphone every afternoon. I'm sure that proper podcasters have like proper recording studios. I'm sitting here, my dining room table with a huge, great big pile of washing piled up next to me that I shall now go and try and persuade my children to put away and they will look at me as though they had momentarily lost control of their hearing and wander off and do something else entirely different because such is parenting. Stay safe as always, look after yourselves, have lovely weeks and I will see you all next weekend. Take care, lots of love, bye bye.